0: Ladies and gentlemen program is about to begin Ladies and gentlemen, publishers and writers, please. Good evening. Can I have your attention, please, for just a moment? I am here in lieu of PEN's dynamic and effective new president, Norman Mailer. He could not be here tonight. Under his leadership, American P.E.N. will, less than a year from now, be host to an International Writers' Congress, which could be the most extraordinary gathering of important writers during the 20th century. What will it cost? Last year's Congress, which took place in Tokyo, cost the Japanese hosts a million dollars. Now it is the turn of the richest nation on earth to demonstrate how hospitable it can be. We meet tonight to award for the seventh time two honors writers have resolved to bestow annually on a great publisher and a great editor. Thus do we writers acknowledge that what many of us might wish to keep secret, that is, in the making of every book, symbiosis does go on. To put it another way, for better or worse, in sickness or in health, writers and editors and publishers have to keep marrying each other all the time. When I first came to New York, I brought with me a cliché from the boondocks that all editors and publishers were failed writers, and therefore bitter and envious when facing anyone who could actually put words on paper. It was not so, and it could not be so, in Manhattan, where the rule in every profession is, give your job your undivided attention, enthusiasm, or get the hell back to Indianapolis or Brooklyn or Queens. <laughs> Consider, if you will, the courageous and imaginative support given to writers by the publishers who have so far won the PEN publisher citation. Victor Waybright, Helen Wolfe, James Laughlin, Alfred A. Knopf, Roger W. Strauss and Robert Giroux, and Morris Phillipson. Consider, if you will, the meticulous, insightful, unselfish, and often brilliant advice given to writers by those editors who have so far won the Roger Klein Award Fran McCullough, James Landis, Michael DiCapua, Robert Loomis, Joe Cannon, and Pat Strahan. May I say parenthetically that Roger Klein himself was once my editor. Both awards committees were, sep- were selected by the PEN Executive Board, and we thank them for doing a very satisfactory job, which also must have been fun. The judges for the Roger Klein Award were Jerome Charon, Bill Henderson, Ellen Levine, Pat Strahan, and Harriet Wasserman. The judges for the PEN Publisher Citation Award were George Borchardt, Joy Shute. Morris Philipson, Faith Sale, Richard Seaver, and Ted Solitarov. On behalf of PEN, I also wish to thank Dean Carton Carlton Rochelle of this excellent university for helping to arrange this reception. I now call on Richard Howard, a former president of PEN and a very good one.
1: Uh, at that time, <clears throat> when I was president of Penn, I was able to give the award to the mic. Uh, now. Is it working now? How could it work for Kurt and not for me? <laughs> yeah. I was able to give the publisher's citation dip to uh, Mr. Laughlin, and uh, that was an entirely disinterested occasion. I had never met Mr. Laughlin, though I'd often seen him towering over others. Um, I have to declare an interest on this occasion. Uh, both uh, Mr. Gottlieb and I insisted, in fact, that the interest be dramatized as it is being now. That is, we have been friends for 35 years. And uh, I think the best way I can, in some way, characterize uh, Mr. Gottlieb's distinctions uh, is to, to some extent, uh, describe them as they, as they go back over that period. I won't make it a year-by-year year affair, uh, but I will account for an initial meeting and perhaps a couple of high points since. Uh, we were at Columbia. As always, I was a year ahead of Bob.
2: A year and a half.
1: And uh, he's years younger than I am. And um, we were in someone else's rooms, uh, and we were introduced. And uh, I, Mr. Auden says somewhere about how easy it is to make friends before you're 50 and how hard afterward. Well, we were not yet 50. Uh, we were 19 and 18. Uh, and um, there came a moment when a decision had to be made of what was going to be done with the afternoon. And over the intervening mists, I can't remember whether it was my decision or Bob's, but the suggestion was proposed that we uh, make a trip to the Gotham Book Mart. (laughs) That was the first thing that we did. The friendship was sealed on that uh, little expedition. I can even remember some of the books bought on that occasion. Uh, And since then, um, going to bookstores, supplying bookstores, leaving bookstores has been a large part of our lives, uh, separately and together. Uh, During those first ten years uh, of the time we knew each other, there is something to be said that I think no one here will know uh, about how uh, scrupulously uh, and thoroughly Mr. Gottlieb prepared himself for the career, the eminence, the determinations uh, which are being um, rewarded today. Uh, Gottlieb did two things that I think must be behind or within every publisher at some level. Uh, He was uh, the most compulsive reader I have ever known, and I include myself, Uh, and the books that he read uh, in those years were almost entirely uh, books by Henry James and Jane Austen. (laughs) But on the other hand, if there is another hand, uh, he, he collected um, newspapers. He, he found it very hard to give up the New York Times, even the New York Times of six or eight or 20 years ago. And he would have closets full of them. And uh, I know it sounds a little pathological. Uh, and aside from collecting the newspapers, he kept lists of bestsellers. Now, I don't think any other undergraduate at Columbia <laughs> kept a list of best just for the fun of it. I don't think um, there was any undertaking to become uh, the distinguished gentleman behind me uh, tonight. I-, I think this was done for the pure pleasure of it, for the interest of it, uh, for the difficulty of it. And pleasure, interest, and difficulty are the three headings or qualifications that I would like to point out to you as characterizing the subsequent and um, ultimate career of my old friend. Um, We are ourselves, and this is what I meant when I said I had to declare an interest, embarked for the first time in 35 years on a project together. I'm so glad that that is in the future and that I don't have to talk about it here. Uh, I'm sure I'll have lots more difficult things to say later on uh, about that, but perhaps when he gets his second Publisher's Award. I can then speak from the other side of the dais or something. Uh, In the meantime, I not only wish to crown my old friend with Bayes this evening, uh, but I have to whisk up town and crown Irving Feldman with Bayes at the Y. And so the actual um, presentation will be, of course, uh, made in another voice, a voice of one of the determinants of the award itself. Uh, So I'll turn over the is to Ted Salatarov.
3: Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Speaking for the Pen, uh, the Pen Publishers Citation Committee of Judges, uh, the award. Um, this year, the Penn Publisher Citation Award, is given to Robert Gottlieb. For the past two decades, he has provided the criterion for what a first-rate publishing house can and should be, a place of rich, diverse, but always serious interests and of uncompromising standards. Mr. Gottlieb's remarkable combination of panache, acumen, and taste is evident in the many successful books he has developed himself, as well as in the distinguished lists he has published at Simon Schuster and at Alfred Knopf. Speaking for myself now, I can't remember a literary award that I've ever been associated with that seems to me more deserved. Bob Gottlieb.
2: I'm editing your own. Okay, so. uh, and not only do I have no prepared remarks, but I don't know the kind of thing I should have prepared. Uh, so I will just babble on for a couple of minutes and then sit down. I'm delighted, of course, to win this award, particularly because if one is going to be awarded or rewarded as a publisher. It's nice to have it done by writers, because that, of course, is why we're here, to be doing what we're doing. Uh, It's not exactly man bites dog. It's more sort of man licks dog, (laughs) and I can tell you it's nicer, at least for this borzoi, to be licked than kicked by writers, (laughs) and that's happened too. Publishing. Publishing. I don't exactly know what it means to be a good publisher. Uh, I suppose the results seem good, or I wouldn't have been given an award. It's doing everything that you can do to make public your own enthusiasm about the books that you're responsible for. But what does it mean? I mean, I remember a crucial moment in my career when it seemed that being a publisher meant being absolutely sure that I got Lauren Bacall's uh, Hot Curlers to Atlanta, where she was speaking as the guest of honor at the ABA. I made it, and they made it, and she sort of made it. Uh, Publishing is a lot of fun when it isn't harrowing. It's fun because there are constant gratifications if one likes the books one is working with. There are thousands of mini triumphs, a lot of disasters, but they are forgettable. Uh, It's a collaborative venture, which is fun for someone with my kind of temperament. Uh, And it's just doing what you like to do, which is carrying the good word to the world that you already know about the books you like. I've been very, very lucky in many ways. And I think it's worth talking a moment about how one can be a successful publisher today. And I don't mean in terms of one's own characteristics, because I'm not sure I know what mine are. But I know some of the external things that are required, and I've had them. One, I've had a very continuous work experience. I've been in two places. uh, And the move from one to the other could not have been easier. It seemed not like a move at all. One is that I've been through all of these years, now almost 30, without having to deal at any time ever with the two terrible things that can usurp your energy as a publisher, one being financial difficulty of the firm you're part of, Uh, I've worked for two places that seem to have enough money to keep me going. So, whereas I'm cautious about money, needless to say, I think Bob Bernstein is here. I want him to know that. (laughs) Uh, uh, There's never that terrible feeling that if I don't swim, we're all going to sink. And the other is, as I said, that it's been for me in particular a collaborative effort. Everybody at Knopf has always been at Knopf. Uh, not only that, but I came to Knopf with two of my dearest friends and colleagues, Nina Bourne and Tony Schulte. We've learned publishing together and have been together now almost 30 years. So there's been a total continuity in learning to be a publisher, being a publisher, and I hope, if we can just keep chugging along for a while, uh, finishing up being a publisher. Anyway, so that's all I can say about being a publisher. As for this event, there are three personal considerations I'd like to mention that are particularly pleasing to me. One is that the person who called me up and told me about this was the first person I knew in publishing outside of Simon & Schuster, George Borchardt. Georges began as an agent when I began as an editor. And when I'd been around for about six months, I was told I could have an expense account. But since I didn't know anyone, I pointed out that I wouldn't really know how to use it. So they gave me an agent. There he is. <laughs> uh, Georges already knew one publisher, Mike Bessie. So he had two people to have lunch with, but I only had one person to have lunch with. And the reason they gave me Georges was that I could read French. Not very well, but they didn't know that. So I bought a lot of French books from Georges, and we've been friends now all these years. Thank you, Georges. Then of course Dick has sto- Dick has sto- left. He's oh, Dick is there. Dick has stolen my thunder with his speech about uh, the Gotham Book Mart. It's absolutely true, and we bought books by William Empson. But he is incorrect when he says we have had no projects together. I was editing him in college. (laughs) (laughs) He needed an editor then, and I have no doubt he will prove to need one (laughs) now. And this event that is coming up that we're going to share is really eerily uh, coincidentally brings together many strands of this event, because Dick is writing a book on André Gide. Uh, Jonathan Galassi is going to be helping us with it. The agent for this book is George Borchard. And André Gide's publisher was uh, was Alfred Knopf. So you see it was planned brilliantly by those in charge. And finally, I want to say how much pleasure it gives me to win an award that Alfred himself won four years ago. It's sort of silly because he could have won it in... 1970, or 1960, or 50, or 40, or 30. And I'm sure he would have said in 1920, uh, when he had been in publishing, I believe, five years. Alfred was an amazement. Uh, as John Hersey said at his funeral services, you know, there is, let's not fool around. Alfred Knopf was the greatest publisher of the century in America. Uh, And to be the second representative of his firm to win this award is very, very pleasing. And indeed, the only other thing that's happened to me as a publisher that has given me as much pleasure as this was Alfred's own approval of everything that happened to Knopf in the years after he ceased functioning there. And in fact, when I saw Helen Knopf just last week as she left for the West Coast, the last thing she said was, you know how proud Alfred was of you all. And he was, and that was wonderful for all of us. So if you can dedicate an award, this is to him. Thank you.
4: Uh, I'm Tom Wallace, and I would like to welcome you to the second part of the evening behalf of my colleagues at the Roger Klein Foundation, Alan Patrickoff and Jack McCray, Uh We, as you know, have been around for about 15 years, and two years ago, we too got married to Penn. It's like as authors and editors in Roger Klein Foundation and Penn, and uh, the fact that you're here, I think, is a very happy uh, sign of that marriage. Uh, I should say, I think that Kurt Vonnegut said everything that I had wanted to say, which was to... Mentioned the prior winners and the judges who uh, helped us pick this year's winner. I think the only other thing I d- would like to do is just to recall once more the beginning of the Roger Klein Award, which is named after Roger Klein, who was a very, very fine editor of the 1950s and 1960s, who died all too young. Uh, and in his name, we started the foundation and have been giving an award. And the seven winners tonight's will be the seventh who have won it to date, I think are very much in his standard of taste and uh, his ideals of publishing and I think their names and his pretty much speak for themselves and I'd now like to introduce Ellen Levine who will uh, give us this year's winner.
5: It's a pleasure to be giving this year's Penn Roger Klein Award to Jonathan Galassi. The judges felt that Jonathan completely epitomizes the purpose and spirit of this award. Through the years, John has had a deep and abiding concern for serious writing. In fact, his whole life seems dedicated to serious literature. His fine taste, his wide range of interests, his discernment and intellect all combine to make Jonathan one of the few remaining true men of letters, a rarity in this day and age. John's brilliance and acumen as an editor in his six years at Houghton Mifflin and four years at Random House have been attested to by the many appreciative writers with whom he has worked. His writers admire him for his incisive editorial skills, his wisdom and creativity, uh, and the concern and support that he has given them. Among those who have sent warm and enthusiastic praise to the judges are James Mello, Galway Connell, Jean Strauss, Louis Auchincloss, Charles Wright, Vasily Aksianoff, Jonathan Cott, Richard Howard, C.K. Williams, Martha Saxton, Eileen Simpson, Simpson, Gerald Stern, and George Plimpton for Jonathan's support and work for the Paris Review. In addition to bringing forth the best work from his impressive list of authors, John has given generously of his time to work with and encourage newer and as yet unrecognized writers. There are very few editors around who would donate so unselfishly the kind of energy and time that John gives to emerging talent. As an agent, I know that when I send a manuscript to Jonathan, it is read with intelligence and care. If he thinks it is worthy but cannot buy it, he will often try to be helpful to the author in some way through his perceptive and constructive editorial comments or by making the work known to another editor elsewhere. When Jonathan does take on a book, He follows its course assiduously through the entire publishing process and beyond, paying careful attention to every detail. All of us treasure John, and it is a joy to have him in the publishing community. As far as I'm concerned, John is a God-given gift to writers. Congratulations. Your turn.
6: Thank you, Ellen, for a very embarrassing introduction. Uh, I was coming down here with Bob Bernstein, and and, uh, I told him that I didn't know what to say uh, after the embarrassing introduction. And he he said, tell them that uh, if if they had given you a speech to edit, it would be fine. But composing one is different. I I'm very honored by this prize uh especially because it comes from writers after all writers are <coughs> the people that make publishing possible and uh it's it's the spark of originality and and newness in in what they say that makes uh our whole business uh a uh, going enterprise. It gives us jobs and gives them sometimes a living. Uh, I, I'm I'm honored to have the chance to to work with them and uh, I'm grateful to the two great publishing houses that I've had a chance to work in, to the wonderful colleagues that I've had the chance to work with, many of whom are as at least as deserving as I am of this award, and of the, the agents who have brought me many of these wonderful authors, and especially uh, the authors themselves, who, who are about the most interesting people in the world that I know. So thank you very much.
0: As far as I know, that's the end of the program, but the reception goes on.